Hi, everybody. It's Bert from Season Gaming, and we're back with another BitCast. We're here with our usual crew, Ains and Dan. Had a lot of things happen in the past couple of weeks. We've had TGS that's currently still going on, depending on your time zone. And we've also had Nintendo Direct. So we're going to kind of go through those in a quick summary. We're not going to dive in a super detailed fashion or anything. We're just going to kind of go over what's happened. And then we're going to go through our usual kind of format that we usually like to do. Our main topic for today is going to be achievements and trophies. What do we think about them? Are they good? Are they bad? We're going to go through a little of our achievements on them to see who has the most. And we'll kind of go over that to see what you think about it. So make sure to leave comments if you have any opinions on it. So we're going to kick off our news with a small announcement before we jump into the big stuff. And it's a PS1 Classic was announced in the past couple of weeks from Sony. So they're getting into the emulation slash classic game that Nintendo's been in. Um, Ains, what are your thoughts here? We'll go over the dates and uh, kind of the details of what it is in a second, but what are your thoughts here? Uh, yawn. That's my thought. Um, I, I'm not too excited about this, actually. Uh, I wanted to be, and we've been talking about a PS1 Classic for a while now, wanting it, but uh, $100, um, it comes with the original PS1 controller, which I know for being like the Classic, it's kind of a throwback, but you know, it could have at least come with a DualShock as well. Um, only 20 titles, the five that they've announced, I'm not thrilled about at all. I'm not a Final Fantasy VII fan, and besides, even if you are, you can play that game anywhere for about $2. Um, Ridge Racer, Tekken 3, those are games that are just age-wise, you know, you go back and play Ridge Racer now, you're like, what in the hell is this? You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it, I think a combination of the price point, the lack of, um, Titles being only 20 titles, and the fact that a lot of PS1 titles haven't really aged well. That early era of 3D gaming is really, really rough to go back to, other than um, you know some RPGs. Like Final Fantasy VII is a good one if you like it, um, but I would love to see a whole bunch more of the classic titles you can't get anywhere else um, that are still playable today, and I don't think we're going to. I think we're going to get ones that um, aren't as fun to go back to, whereas like with the... Uh, SNES Mini, you know, those 16-bit titles hold up extremely well. They're still very fun to play. So not 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 too excited about this, to be honest. Yeah, it, it looks really cool. I mean, it's just because, you know, it's just that sitting on your shelf or something, I think it looked awesome. Um, I don't know what the rest of the games are going to be. It's, it's really going to come down to that for me. I've got to pre-order it on Amazon just in case because I missed out on the other stuff even though i can go back and get the little nes mini and stuff i'm really hoping for there, there's got to be like five games on there that i really really want to see uh parasite eve is one of them mm. maybe like the original tony hawk um and then uh d i don't know if you guys ever played that yeah. game oh yeah awesome. um <clears throat> Uh, Battle Arena Toshinden was the first game I ever played on the PlayStation. <laughs> wow, was, I remember that one. Know, yeah, it was like one of the first releases for it too. It was a and, launch title, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. <laughs> I remember day I bought that thing day one in college. Had no money. Had enough money for that <laughs> damn thing though. <laughs> and then, uh, gosh, what's the last one? I remember. But anyway, I want to see De Destruction Derby was another launch title. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that was another. Sorry, Dan. Sorry. No, you're fine. I, I don't. Um, I don't remember the last one was, but I, it's going to basically come down to what games are announced for it, I think. Um, but for, I mean, for collectors, I think it looked really cool sitting on your shelf, that little tiny PS1. I don't know about a hundred dollars worth, but you know, <laughs> we'll, you know, we'll see. I also saw that they, the trademark, the N64 mini. Yep. Yep. That Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard that, but that looks cool. I, I didn't have 
the N64. So I didn't play a whole lot of that. I'd like to go back and try some of that stuff. Mm. Yeah, it brings up an interesting conversation that we can probably kind of offline it for a different bitcast. But emulation in general seems to be the the way that other console makers and platforms are kind of going to kind of almost double dip. If you remember, Nintendo's kind of a pain in the butt when it comes to playing old games. Some you can play on the virtual console, some you can't. As we see what's happening in this gener generation with the Switch, they're trying to throw it into their online service as a, I guess, a, an incentive to kind of join when those games have been out for a while and some people have already purchased these numerous times, whether it be on the 3DS or the Wii or the Wii U. And then you have PlayStation who has kind of said, we don't care about backwards compatibility but then they are coming out with a old console. And uh, one thing that I thought about that was kind of interesting is they've kind of spent a lot of time with remakes and remasters. And so some of the games that we may have wanted uh, from the PlayStation 1 error, they're probably not going to include it in this little bundle because they may have a remaster right around the corner. So um, I don't know. For me, a game that I would want it, that I wanted to see, um, and now it's, it's like, so for example, the Resident Evils, we're probably not going to see because those have been remastered, remade for a while. Einhander is one that I wish would make it, but it's probably not going to. Um, I'm trying to think of, Ains, was there any games that would change your mind? I, it, Dan went through a couple of them. You mentioned mm. like one or two. Um, yeah, I think there probably are. I don't have any written down or off the top of my head. I, like I said, I think that some of the best games, go back to you just mentioned one in Einhander, uh, would be shooters, um, yeah. but they're not as popular. But I think some of the RPGs, uh, you know, Sweek It In and One Two, you know, those early originals. There was um, God, I'm I'm gonna forget now. But there's yeah. a, I mean, PS One was home to some of the most classic RPGs of all time. So yeah. I think if they included some of those, that would that would help. Um, but a lot of this stuff you can play elsewhere. Like to yeah. Dan's point, it would have to be stuff that you can't really just go out and find easily for me to be interested. Yeah, one last thing is I think a couple news outlets have um, kind of questioned Sony if your original PlayStation controllers will work by plugging it in on the front because it looks like the same port. And from what we have not heard anything confirmed, but it looks like the original controllers will not work on this. You have to have one of those new controllers. And I believe the console comes with two controllers, not just one. So that'll be useful. But to Ains' original point, without having those DualShock sticks, it's going to be really weird playing that way because even... I think the the original controller came out in was it ninety six or ninety seven? Um, the uh, non dual shock or the yeah, dual shock? The non dual shock. Nine well ninety four was Japan. Ninety four. So then ninety seven is when I think the dual shock came out. I, I can't remember, but the yeah, you're right. Came, yep. I think the dates are all over the place, and so some of the games towards the end of the PlayStation um, original, I guess, length are only playable with the dual shock from a gameplay perspective. It's really hard to just use that D pad. So. We'll see what happens. That might even be a clue in the games that we're getting. Maybe it's going to be only D-pad worthy games. Um, I don't know. Anyways, we're going to move on to our next one, and it is the Nintendo Switch online service is now active. Um, I think all three of us here will probably find it more as a joke. It did go live on the 18th. Dan, <laughs> did you subscribe? Are you going live with that already? Yeah, I already got it because I buy everything <laughs> even when I don't need it. But you Any know what? Thoughts? Yeah, it's 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 fine. You know, it was thirty five dollars. I got the family plan. I got a couple of my other buddies in on it. You know, it's really not that much. I don't ever play online. For me, you know, I don't have the like I said the NES Mini or stuff. So it's it's nice to have those classic games. More to you know come later on down the road if I ever wanted to get really hardcore into Splatoon two. I could now. You know, probably won't happen, but, you know, it, it's fine. I mean, I, it, it's it's really not that much money. So for what you get, plus those NES, 
Joy Cons are so badass. That's really the biggest thing for me. I paid 60, 70 bucks for whatever they are. To, <clears throat> they're on their way in December for sure. That's like one of the first things I did. As oh, the, 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 the Bluetooth ones? Yeah. Oh, damn. You bought those. Well, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you buy them? They're awesome. They're, <laughs> so, awesome. they're so expensive for what they're they so are. Expensive. Yeah, but you know what? Listen, here's another thing. You know, it was worth the money. I, my wife doesn't play video games. Mm-hmm. And she, apparently she's this hardcore Mario person. I gave her <laughs> I gave her the Switch and she beat the damn game in like 15 or 20 minutes. <laughs> I was like, what the hell happened? I said, who is this woman that I married that complains <laughs> about my video games all the time? And you just, you know, skip 18 levels of Mario and beat the damn thing in 20. I said, I love you. So, <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. That is kind of funny. The uh, the few women in my life that play games, um, they do not play anything but Mario as well. Uh, my right. sister in law came to visit about a year ago, and she I had the Wii U still hooked up, and then well, she was playing Super Mario World, and she played that for almost two hours solid. And she's one of those people that trashes people that play games for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It's just Mario does it to people. Maybe it's just what they grew up with, and there's that nostalgia. That's hey, it's, be it. How about you? No, no, I didn't subscribe. I plan I planned on it. Um, I just have there's no point. It's not even that it to dance one. It's not expensive, but I barely play my Switch. Um, I'm certainly not playing online because I think their online system is is joke worthy, as we've talked about. Um, so and NES game or NES games. I mean, I I own them. So <laughs> there's just not a lot here for me. There's no point. I'm not going to use it. So no, I didn't. I didn't subscribe. Yeah, so a quick overview on what it does and what it gives you. So you get cloud saves. And so one of the good things and the bad things is if you have existing saves, they automatically get uploaded to the cloud. However, if you uh, stop the service, if you're doing monthly or your year ends or wherever you are in the, in the timetable, your cloud saves are not carried over. The second your subscription expires, you lose all cloud saves. So make sure you keep those on your system. Um, I believe, and Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, there is 20 NES games to play at launch of the online service, and all the uh, NES games have an online feature to them. So some you can go in two-player. Sometimes you can just have your second player just point to things while you're playing, which I guess is interesting. So like if you're playing Zelda, they can point you in the right direction or add their little arrow, and then there's also a little clapping feature. And then last but not least, uh, you need to stop, Ains. We're being serious here. We're, we're live. We are live. Uh, last one is um, there is there's most games are playable online, and I'm talking about Switch games. Um, and uh, Splatoon cloud saves do not carry over if you're a big Splatoon um, Prep. fan. Uh, they do not cloud save over, and Nintendo has claimed that's because to avoid cheating. I'm not sure what that's about, but um, that one isn't there. And if you're a Fortnite player on the Switch, you do not need the online service to play it. So they are keeping that one free. Uh, for the people that don't do that just because of Fortnite's nature of gaming. Dan, you are going to say something. Sorry. I have no idea what I was about to say. Okay. I honestly just lost. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so if you are interested in pricing, I, th- I believe it is $3.99 per month. It is $34.99 for the year. And that for, is for the for family plan. For, for the family plan. Um, and that is, uh, yeah, that's for the year. Um, so uh, I think it's up to eight or, is it eight or ten people? It's, it's eight people. Eight. And if you guys want in, Come on in. I got all kinds of space. Bring it on. I've got all kinds of space. <laughs> all kinds of space. At least half of those spots left. Hey, I, I might hit you on. I might hit you. I might hit you up on that, Dan. I'll, I'll go and I'll give you a big old five dollar bill. I don't even need your five damn dollars. It's a ready pay. Come on in. Just come yeah, on in. If it's free, that might be the only thing that gets me to do yeah. it. There you go. Come on in. 
Cool. Got you guys. So online, um, if you if you have any comments on it, leave a comment below. We'd like to hear your opinion. Um, Nintendo's kind of way behind on the online stuff, but it finally has launched. It's here, um, and we'll see what you think about it. Um, on the same vein of Nintendo, I'm going to be talking for the next minute or two very quickly here, but the Nintendo Direct online did happen throughout the past couple weeks. Uh, a lot of kind of expected news, a lot of ports coming from Nintendo. Uh, there was a couple small surprises, um, and I'm just going to go through these really quick. So I'm reading off a list here. So Luigi's Mansion 3 is on the way. Uh, they didn't really show much outside of a little bit of gameplay. Um, that is no specific date. That is 2019. Splatoon 2 version 4.0 is coming out, so that's one of their biggest online titles. There's a lot of new features coming for that one. Mario Tennis Aces 2.0 is now live by the time you're listening to this, so it was announced earlier in the week. It's simply updates. There's a few new characters. Um, another port, so new Super Mario Brothers uh, Wii U Deluxe, or I guess it's not Wii U anymore, but it's simply called Deluxe. Another port that is from the Wii U is coming, and that is January 11th. Katamari Damacy, so if you were speaking of PlayStation titles, this would be a fun one coming. Uh, but Katamari Damacy Reroll is coming to the Switch. Not too much details as to what's in it, if it's a remaster or what it is, but that's simply fall of 2018. The new Joy-Con Classic controllers were announced here, and as you can see, Dan was pretty excited about it. They're simply the NES controllers with Bluetooth functionality, and they charge off the Nintendo Switch. Price not to be discussed on this um, bitcast. Um, let's see what else. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee uh, was announced. We've already kind of seen it, but there is a bundle that is coming out for it. Diablo 3, which is one of Ains' favorite games of all time, is coming November 2nd on the Switch. So that could be fun if you've been wanting to play it, or at least you want to take it on the go. Super Mario Party is uh, actually coming out in spring. I'm sorry, uh, October 5th, um, not spring. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. So Yoshi's title was finally named, and it's called Yoshi's Crafted World. That is spring of 2019. Civ 6, or Civilization, depending on how you pronounce that one or call it. That is November 16th. Warframe, which has been a free-to-play game on PlayStation and Xbox, is coming November 20th. Just Dance is coming out very soon in November. So we actually got some footage from E3 that looks like a fun game that a lot of people uh, like to play on their Switch. And Final Fantasy XII is coming out in 2019, and they also announced a number of Final Fantasy titles are coming to the Switch. Not too much details if those are remasters, remakes, or if they're, they're, if they're just a port coming from before, but that's kind of cool. Super Smash Bros. release date did come out, That is a, and also a console that is going to be released on November 2nd. So that is somewhat a cool-looking console. Um, it really depends on how you view the Switch as far as consoles go. Um, and that's pretty much all the big highlights from the Nintendo Direct. I definitely encourage you to watch it. The whole thing's only about 20 minutes long, so you can catch up on the whole thing. If you are a big Nintendo fan, if you don't care about Nintendo, big snooze fest here, nothing too big to uh, announce outside of the obvious things that we've been expected where the Switch has been kind of a port machine. I'm going to take a break here, Ains. Why don't you talk about <laughs> TGS and what's happened, uh, just so people can hear a different voice. Yeah, so uh, I'll touch on Nintendo real quick. Um... So Super Mario Party, I may be interested in, but as you said, a lot of these are ports. Uh, quick note on the Final Fantasy games, they're actually coming to the Switch and Xbox, which was uh, good news all around. I think um, the old Final Fantasy games, you know, some of my favorites from like the 16-bit um, era would be fantastic additions to the Switch. I think that's why Octopath Traveler was um, kind of the last game I really enjoyed on the Switch. They just fit that that console really well. Uh, Diablo 3 is one of my favorite games, but uh, I it's seven years old now, <laughs> and and I have played it uh, far too much, so I don't think I'm going to do that all over again just because it's on the Switch. So, 
Uh, any well, okay. So TGS, real quick. Not not a whole lot. Like you said, it's at the top of the show. It's still ongoing right now. We've seen new footage of Resident Evil Two, uh, the remake, which actually looks really really good. I um, I think I remember saying or we discussed Bert that you know why are they charging sixty dollars for this? And uh, I was kind of disappointed. But the more I see of it, the more I like what I see. They've really done a good job of. Uh, bringing this up to date. So they're even changing some mechanics that are obviously incredibly outdated at this point. We got some new footage of Sekiro, which uh, just continues to look amazing. Um, I'm kind of worried actually, because if I recall off the top of my head, I think Sekiro comes out in mid-March, like March 15th. I don't know if either of you can confirm that off the top of your head. Um, but I'm kind of concerned because that's um, it's right after or right before. Maybe it's February, um, but it's right after or right before we get Anthem and uh, that huge day with Crackdown and Anthem and those other games. So, again, we're going to be running out of time to play these things in the spring. And it's uh, March 22nd. Just March 22nd. Thank close. you. Mm -hmm. And then um, so here's the big one, and I'm sure Dan can rave about this for several minutes. But we just a few hours ago, as of this recording, got a new trailer for Death Stranding. Um, obviously internet's already blowing up about it from, I haven't watched it yet from what Dan told us. It's only about 45 seconds long and introduces Troy Baker's character. And, uh, I think Dan said that this is the trailer that made him want to run out and buy the game right now. Right. That was, uh, maybe <laughs> no, no, no. It makes me, I mean, literally I'm at the point now where I don't even want to give credence to this thing, like by talking about it. Because it's so stupid. I mean, I, maybe it's going to be the best game of all time. I don't know. I doubt it. It won't. But no, 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 no. So basically, yeah, I mean, small spoilers. You're, you see Troy Baker's character. He takes his mask off. He raises some gooey arm blacky things into a giant lion with a golden face. And it, like, licks its paw. It's like, da, 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 da. it's the dumbest crap I've ever seen in my life. I just don't know what he, what he's doing, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's a master. He's the best person ever." Uh, shut up! <laughs> shut oh. up! Oh, he mad! God, I hate that guy. <laughs> One thing I will say about uh, the game is that the cast of of it's turning out to be pretty cool, but it's kind of annoying how every single teaser or trailer we get from it is some new big name cast member. I just show us more of the game versus just video. So, mm. yeah. I don't have anything else to add. I'm not even yeah. really excited. I'm not. It's not even on my radar, to be honest. I'll check it out when it comes out, and uh, I'm prepared to be disappointed. Yeah. So, For um, people that are unaware of TGS, really quick, it's the Tokyo Game Show. It is, I guess, things we would call it the Gamescom or the E3 of Japan. I, I, it's not as big, but it's still a, a big thing where a lot of Japanese-centric games are coming out, and people are very rabid for those. Get all crazy about it. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because when we were growing up. TGS was a bigger thing, and as Gamescom has grown and E3 has obviously blown up, um, TGS has kind of been relegated to a, a smaller sideshow where it is most mostly Japanese developers, as you said. Um, and with the Japanese market being so focused on mobile and other things right now, there's usually not a lot that the big companies save for TGS in terms of new announcements. So, you know, we got the PS1 Classic and some of the Nintendo Direct stuff kind of tied around TGS, but otherwise there's not nothing revolutionary or huge to discuss here like there used to be when we were younger yeah and we'll be showing some of the trailers during our talk here so if you were just didn't even know what tgs was or didn't care for you could definitely catch up with us on it there 
Um, okay, let's move over to our next one, and this was kind of a fun one this past week. So the Call of Duty Blackout beta did come out. The original Call of Duty multiplayer beta was earlier on. This was specific to the Blackout mode, which is the Battle Royale mode. Um, Dan, first of all, before we talk too much about it, did you play it? I'm not sure if you even gave it a try. I know Battle Royale is not your favorite genre right now. No, I had a code, and I ended up giving it to my son. Okay. Because I'm not a huge Call of Duty guy. Okay, so... Um, let's see what you guys think. Cool. So I, I was actually traveling on business when it was on uh, beta, and I only got to play about three full matches of single player. Uh, me and Ains got a little mixed up on which console we were playing on, so we didn't get to play together, which was unfortunate. But Ains, why don't you kick us off on your thoughts of uh, Battle Royale on Call of Duty? Yeah, so I was, uh, I'm kind of indifferent on it, and I think there's some good and some bad. So the good is that it feels like Call of Duty. Uh, the shooting mechanics are exactly what you expect from Call of Duty, which is smooth and, and fluid. Uh, which, of course, as we know from PUBG, is not the case. Uh, PUBG's been rough around the edges for a long time now. Um, they're being only in first person is different. Uh, we traditionally, you and I at least, play PUBG in third person. Most people do. There are some people who play it in first person, but it's not built for that, whereas this is purely a first person title, like any other Call of Duty. Um... Pretty much what you expect otherwise. It's almost a direct copy of the PUBG formula. The map's the same. Flying in's the same. Picking up armor and loot's almost the same. Um, the things I don't like about it. So I didn't like that it was, uh, and I've said this a lot now, is that it, it felt really arcadey. It felt like Call of Duty. So it feels fast. Deaths are quick. Um, you know, everything's just happening quickly and the, the matches aren't as long. Some people may prefer that over PUBG, which is more kind of methodical and strategic, whereas this is more like jump in, you know, get to shooting pretty quickly. And uh, I just didn't get the sense, the same sense of um, tension that I get with PUBG. It's like if I play Fortnite Battle Royale, uh, I, and I have, it's like, you know, I have fun, but it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't make me feel excited when I get into that final circle or those final 10 people. And I actually, I think I played six or seven matches of Blackout I, in solo. I won one of them. Um, and I, I won and I'm like, okay, that was fun. You know, like I, I, my hands weren't shaking. Usually in PUBG, if we're in the final five, I'm like, like yesterday, I'm like shaking and really tense. Just didn't give me that excitement. So I, that's kind of indescribable, right? It's not something tangible that's in the game that's causing that, but it just it didn't do it for me the same way. Um, I will say they said it's going to continue to be updated. Uh, they have not made any mention of a second map yet, so it's going to be interesting to see if they do like Fortnite where they just update the map continually, the single map, rather than like PUBG where they're adding new maps and different kind of play styles. Um, Trying to think of anything else. The only other thing I saw, uh, and we don't have to get into it, but um, there was a good analysis done that I posted up somewhere in one of our chat groups. A guy did an analysis on the net code behind it. And when you dive into the details, you can actually see where Treyarch is having trouble um, with the large game on their engine, just like PUBG and Fortnite do in a way, is that the, the net code behind it is really slow. And what that means is you're going to see things where like you think you hit someone and didn't actually hit them, or you think you're around a corner and suddenly you'll die because the bullets registered a few seconds ago. Um, it's actually, uh, that could end up being a little weird for some players. Notice some odd things like we do in PUBG and Fortnite as well. And I think that's just the scope of the game. So hopefully they work that out as well. 
Cool. Um, very nice. Uh, and that's Call of Duty's had these issues in the past, by the way, with just plain multiplayer where the hit detection hasn't been the best. So um, hopefully they can figure that stuff out. I personally believe that Blackout will be the uh, the maker or breaker of Call of Duty this year. I think <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of people that buy it, uh, regardless of the Blackout mode. How long? As as far as people playing and staying with the game and multiplayer, um, it's going to be kind of an interesting thing. Um, and the modes, that, sorry, in the games that I played on Blackout, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, Blackout kind of sits itself in between Fortnite and PUBG. PUBG is a lot more of a serious take on things. You, you pay attention to sounds. You're, there's less stuff. As Ain said, you're constantly in a tension mode because you're trying to survive. Fortnite is all you know buildings and, and bubblegum stuff. It's it's not my favorite <laughs> thing. I, I, I don't care for Fortnite at all. But I think Call of Duty finds itself right in the middle. Um, it's very casual. Um, so it, anybody that is not a big... A uh, PUBG player can pretty much pick it up and play it. Um, you don't have to take the whole thing as serious as you would in PUBG. Um, I think if you play Call of Duty in the past and you're aware of perks and things like that, it's really cool because you can pick up perks and use them in the Battle Royale mode, which is really nice. So like Deadly Silence, which is a lot of people's favorite perk in multiplayer mode, you can find that perk somewhere and then sneak up on someone with Deadly Silence because they can't hear your footsteps or something along those lines. So I think it was surprisingly very polished for a beta, which is... Um, uh, as, as if you play on PC, PUBG, you have to have a pretty strong PC, and even then, it is not the most optimized experience. If you're playing on Xbox, you really need the Xbox One X to kind of get the best out of it, and even then, sometimes it's not running at the best. And Fortnite, once again, it doesn't really matter how optimized it is anyways. It's, uh, it's pretty polished as it is, but I don't know. I, I think it's going to do pretty well. Um, I hope they figure out all the bugs and stuff. I really enjoyed my three games that I played. I didn't get close to winning. I was kind of in a rush playing it, so uh, I was being very aggressive and not taking my time. The other cool thing about it is if you play Call of Duty before, all the famous maps from Call of Duty are kind of thrown into this big map. So like Nuketown and, and some of the other maps that are very famous, you get a version of that. And there's a lot of things to do while you're playing Blackout. So in PUBG, you land, you get your armor, you get your guns, and you're focusing just on that. In Call of Duty, there's a lot of other things going on in the map. So there's multiple vehicles going around, helicopters, jeeps, motorcycles, as well as zombies in certain areas that give you extra things. So it's um, it's almost like Battle Royale on ADD <laughs> is a good way to kind of think about it. And I think that Twitch shooting mechanic stuff that Call of Duty is known for fits really nicely into it. Um, I think we're all excited to kind of see what the Battlefield Battle Royale mode is and too, to see what all these big companies are going to be doing with Battle Royale and their take on it. But um, I think that it's going to do very, very well in, in, the, uh, in the genre of Battle Royale. Yeah, I think I'm in the minority in the sense of uh, I didn't overly enjoy it. I think most of the impressions I saw from streamers and other people on social media is that they really enjoyed it. So I think you're right. I think it's going to be a big hit. Yeah, Dan. Um, you uh, do you want to mention anything on this? I know that you're not the biggest Battle Royale fan, but you might give this one a try. Yeah, it, no, it, it's it's Call of Duty is going to be Call of Duty, and everybody's going to play it, and everybody's going to buy it. It's not going to overtake Fortnite. It's not going to probably take over overtake um PUBG. I mean, it'll maybe on the Xbox. I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't know because <clears throat> it all depends. If they can pull this off, from what I've heard, and like. And said, you know, all the streamers and everything. It's it's gotten so many good reviews and positive reviews. People have said, you know, oh, PUBG's done. It's never going to be done. But you know, this will, like you said, Bird, it's going to make or break this year's Call of Duty for sure. Yeah. So the funny thing is, Fortnite is free still, and that's going to immediately have a one step on Call of Duty. However, 
the player base from Call of Duty is massive. So they immediately have that advantage on even PUBG to extend on console, where they're immediately going to have 8, 10 million people playing on both consoles. And even PC, I don't know how many people buy Call of Duties on PC, but that player count is at least going to experiment with the mode. If it's good, they might stick with it, and then PUBG is going to have some competition on simply player counts. But if it's bad, PUBG is still going to stick. And I, I think the people that want that serious experience are going to stick with PUBG, and they're not really going to care about Call of Duty unless their friends are playing or something. But right. it's, it's in a weird... The Battle Royale arena right now is in a very weird place. So we'll see what happens in the next six months. And we're kind of jumping on a news item here, but we may as well hit it because it applies here. Is that Keep in mind, PUBG is not on PS4 yet, right? Although... One of our news items to discuss was that it was rated on the Korean rating boards, which if you follow game releases, pretty much says that PUBG is coming to PS4. But uh, Blackout will obviously be launching on PS4 prior to PUBG getting there. So it could kind of cement itself as the new Battle Royale, because right now they only have Fortnite and H1Z1, and H1Z1 is not very good. <laughs> it's very rough. Yeah. yeah, and that'll bring in a whole new conversation of crossplay as well, because... Um, I'm pretty sure PUBG is not going to be crossplay with Xbox or any kind of PC or anything. So, um, anyways, we'll see how that rolls. We'll see if people uh, pick it up on PlayStation, and then with Call of Duty being a big uh, advertising powerhouse on the PlayStation side, we'll see if people even care about PUBG on the PlayStation side. I don't know. We'll see a lot of stuff to develop in the next few months. Um, one really quick thing here is Pete Hines from Bethesda did say that Wolfenstein 3 is in the works. That he, he hasn't quite mentioned if it's in development or even starting development, but there is going to be a, uh, a third piece to this trilogy, this reboot. Um, a lot of people were concerned that the cells of Wolfenstein 2 were not the highest, so they might be scrapping it. However, he did mention that Wolfenstein 3 is on the way. So big thing for there. I know we're all big fans of Wolf 3. Dan, any comments on this one? No, I'm, I'm glad they're doing it. I mean, I don't know what it, it seemed like. It sold really well. I, you know, I mean, everybody was talking about it and stuff. It just—it's crazy that it didn't meet its targets. But yeah, and a new one, bring it on. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I'm all over it. Day one. Yeah, and I'm really curious to see even what the DLC is for Wolf Two. It's supposed to be really, really cool. I can't wait to play it. Um, on it was BJ, BJ's kids, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. So we'll see how they take the story, if there's any new engine or graphics or anything to it. I'm pretty sure it'll probably be running on the same engine, but I really enjoyed um, too quite a bit. Um, another kind of uh, really quick one. So Assassin's Creed Odyssey is right around the corner. You have the season pass where you're going to have two main DLC story marks that are going to be looking to be pretty cool. Um, and then one of these announcements about it is Assassin's Creed 3 is going to be a remaster for the season pass. Um, so it'll be included in there, or you'll be able to buy it standalone. The Assassin's Creed 3 remaster will include all the DLC that came with it, and it's due out sometime in March. So if you buy that uh, the season pass when it, the game releases in November, you'll get the Assassin's Creed remaster. Um, they did, as I mentioned, you could buy it standalone. There's no details on the date for that or cost, but um, I'm as one of the few people that enjoyed Assassin's Creed 3. It wasn't my favorite one at all, but um, I enjoyed it for what it was. Dan, you're a big Assassin's Creed guy, right? Yeah, I just actually ordered the... Uh, <clears throat> giant $300 edition or whatever it is of the whatever the digital thing is. I think it was like a hundred and some dollars. I'm stupid, but this <laughs> it wasn't because of Assassin's Creed 3. That's for damn sure. I, I understand, you know, some people, it, it's really a kind of a divisive one in the series for fans of it. You know, some people really liked it. I was not a big fan of the eight hour tutorial that it seemed yeah. like it had. It was so long. And then by the time it actually started going, I didn't give a crap about 
whatever his name was. I don't even remember his name. That's Connor. Connor. His name is Connor. Connor. Yeah, okay, yeah. Connor. Yeah, I mean, it was just so drug out. And they changed the, the game mechanics on that one from Revelations and Brotherhood and 2. And I wasn't a huge fan of the controls. <clears throat> I still haven't played Black Flag yet, even though I love Assassin's Creed. I just, mm. I just can't get back into it. And I hate the naval battles. I hate them. I hate them. Interesting. It just, it's, that's the thing, you know. When I when I when I played the first Assassin's Creed, it was awesome. The second one made it better. Brotherhood kind of was my my number, you know, pinnacle because it was about the assassins and the Templars and stuff. And then it just started going away from it, away from it. And even this new one, I'm kind of like, there's not even going to be a hidden blade in it. I don't even know what the hell that is. I mean, that's the whole thing about Assassin's Creed is being able to, you know, walk up behind somebody, put their hand on their whatever, and then, oh, dead. So I don't know where it's going. Paid, you know, $120. We'll see what happens. Yay. Ains, any thoughts here? <laughs> You're kind of an avid. Yeah, yeah, not the biggest Assassin's Creed fan. I, I really liked Origins. Uh, I think Odyssey looks good. You know, we saw it up close and personal at E3, but I... um there's just too much this fall and with uh red dead redemption 2 which I'm, we're going to talk about in a second i'm just completely passing on it so yeah i'm a, i'm going to be passing on assassin's creed unless there is a awesome black friday sale um but it's as we all know assassin's creed don't launch the smoothest until origins came out that one launched really really well actually but uh, i'll wait till all the bugs are out and maybe even pick up the season pass down the road so but i am excited about this remaster let's see how, how good of a remaster it is um, one quick thing before we jump to the Red Dead news. So PlayStation Now did have a, a good announcement for a change on their uh, online network. Um, we've uh, been kind of down on PlayStation Now for a while because it was a streaming service and you had to play games streaming. And then that's been kind of their answer to backwards compatibility. However, there was an announcement that some of the games and specifically the PlayStation 4 games are now able to be downloaded and be played from your machine. So no longer a stream there. You still have to have the service and you still have to kind of authenticate the game every time you play it. Um, but this is kind of, I think, to kind of compete against Game Pass on Xbox. Um, it is kind of a welcomed uh, announcement. We are pretty excited about it. We're still kind of on the fence of paying that $100 a year for it makes sense. But if you were a PlayStation Now subscriber in the past, now you get this feature to play downloaded games versus streaming. So good news there. Um, let's see, uh, Dan, really quick on that one. I'm not sure if you do any of the streaming stuff, did you? No, I didn't do any of that stuff. Most of the games you can buy for five or ten bucks, the ones yeah. I wanted. So in yeah, the long run, it just made more sense just to pick up the games. Yeah, the reason I ask is because you're more of our, our digital contributor here. So you do yeah. a lot of digital I've got stuff Game Pass. I, I looked into it, and yeah. I just couldn't pull the trigger. I thought it was a little bit overpriced. Now that you can download them, you know, I've got enough games. I'm, <laughs> I'm at the point now <laughs> where I don't have time to Yeah, there's no need through. for that one. Ains, no. anything on that real quick? <clears throat> I... You know, it's good. It's a good announcement. I'm happy to see it. I, I wish that or Nintendo, geez, um, Sony would have put a bigger focus in the PlayStation now and done this sooner, as well as continued to focus on reviving their classic PS2, PS3 titles through PlayStation now. Right. So if I could go back and download some of the classics we were just talking about from the PS1 era or PlayStation 2, et cetera, all those classic games that on the PlayStation systems and download them as part of PS Now, um, I think that would have been, at least for me, maybe a smarter move than trying to half do some titles you can download on PS Now and then release things like the PS Classic. Like, it's a weird mix to me. Um, yeah. I, you know, and it, 
just a quick shout out to what Xbox has done uh, between Game Pass and their backwards compatibility. I still believe they are far and away delivering the best service uh, in terms of being able to play, you know, Xbox games and, and the games from the back catalog. And they do that for free uh, with backwards compatibility. So um, unless there's some huge titles that go on PS now that you can download from the older eras, I'm still going to just stay away for now. Yeah, uh, it's it's like as Zane said, it's a good step forward. We'll see if they listen more to their fans and some of the people from other platforms to continue adding to it. So good news there. Um, as we all know, Rockstar doesn't really have a presence at any of the Gamescom, TGS, E3 stuff. But one of the things that they do really well is they release really in-depth trailers to their games right before they're coming out. Past couple of weeks, we saw a lot of big stuff for Red Dead. Even past, this past week, we got a ton of details. Ains, why don't you go through these with us since you're probably the biggest Red Dead fan on here by far. Yeah, there's so much to cover here. Um, I, I just, it's almost unbelievable. So long story short, some of the large outlets got uh, a few hours with the full game. And there's been a lot of summaries of what that is, videos and summaries of, you know, what their experience was. So we, we took a really big uh, summary that someone did on Reddit. We have it on our site if you want to check it out with a bunch of the details. But some of the things in here are just uh, really, really incredible. Um, I'm going to see if I can find a couple that really jumped out to me. Like um, if you say you go and you kill an NPC, right? Um, not only is that a crime, as you would expect, but any family members of that NPC may hire bounty hunters or personally come and find you in the world at some point down the line. Um, <clears throat> when you kill bodies, whether it's uh, animals or people, they stay in the world and decompose. And if it's like an animal that you hunt and kill and you throw it on your horse to take with you, you got to get it somewhere because it's decomposing over time. And vultures and other you know creatures that may smell that in the distance will come and hunt you. Um, everything about your character's dynamic. So you can get skinny, you can get fat if you eat too much or eat too little. You can... Uh, all the clothing is layered now and each individual piece of clothing you can adjust and, you know, change and what have you. It gets dirty. Uh, you can steal all those things from other people and people may remember that you stole something from them. If you steal from a store and uh, you get committed with a crime, you can pay your fee. But when you go back to that store, they'll actually remember that it was you that stole from them and things may change. Prices may go up or they may not want to deal with you. Um, you know, I could go on and on and on here, but there's just so much. Um, there's going to be five levels of Deadeye now. We talked about Deadeye before, and each level is kind of different in how it's going to affect the shooting mechanics. Um, you can craft weapons and bullets and food and everything else, which you'll need to do. And there's legendary animals, legendary gunfighters you can find in the world. Um, guns and uh, ammo will degrade over time. So... You have to keep your gun clean and polished and, you know, only use it in, you know, when you have the ammo or what have you, or you're able to fix it and guns will have different attributes. So you can find almost like loot, which of course I love, but you can find different levels of guns that are in better condition. Um, but they said you need to be careful when shooting because as you would expect, the guns are really loud and not many people fired guns back then. So they make a huge sound and cause a lot of attention to come to you from both animals and other people. So I, I could, like I said, I could go on forever here. Um, it's basically what we expected is that they are going above and beyond uh, trying to recreate that realistic 1899, which is the setting and bring about, uh, you know, a real rethink in how open world games are handled. And uh, I think, uh, 
I don't know what else to say. Just easily my most anticipated title of the year. I would bet anyone any amount of money it will be game of the year um, for nearly on nearly every outlet. And uh, I think it's going to change the way we think about open world games, like I said, going forward until maybe Cyberpunk. I'll stop now. <laughs> Gee, man. I mean, I, I didn't see all that stuff, to be honest with you. Um, There's a ton more. I mean, that's, that's literally a, that's the highest insane. level. I can't even, I'm trying to wrap my head around the whole, like, decomposing. The, I mean, the amount of, like, processing power it, it would take just to get all that stuff, that's, that's nuts. I mean, I don't even know what I do. I mean, I, I'm going to get divorced. And that's basically what's <laughs> because I mean, gee, and me. I mean, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That <laughs> <mean, that's> just, <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know. A couple of really cool points uh, I forgot. So John Marston and Bill Williamson are the same voice actors from the last one, which I think is important. We've talked about that, right? Um, the map is going to contain five states, uh, which are I don't know if I'm going to pronounce these correctly. Lemoyne. Amberino, New Hanover, West Elizabeth, and New Austin. And mm -hmm. there are 192 music tracks from an original composer that are going to be uh, in the game as well. And there's the dynamic weather too. So mm -hmm. everything will just change as you're in the world. And uh, a bunch to do with the horses too. The horses are a huge part of the game. So like you can scold your horse or you can praise it. You build a relationship with your horse. If your horse dies, it's dead. It's just if a horse dies, it's dead. It's never coming back. Hmm. Um, oh my God. You have to take care of your horse. You can steal horses, of course. And each horses have their own attributes. So some horses will be better than others and carry more and faster. Um, your whistle, donkey. your whistle, like, you know, in other games, you whistle and your horse just appears. Um, in this, like your whistle only has a certain distance. And if, whether, if it hears it or not, it may not come to you. Um, oh. So like I said, you can go forever. Yep, man. Yeah, that's too much. So we're looking at a Witcher three dethrone of this generation. Is that what we're doing? Uh, I think I've said it before. It could be. It could be the game to yeah. finally do. until until Cyberpunk comes out. Then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think I know. I think a lot of it will come down. I, I don't know yet, but I think a lot of it will come down to what you prefer, right? I am a bigger fantasy guy than I am a Wild West guy. Yep. Um, so Witcher may still hold it for me, but just from what I'm reading here, this is just beyond impressive. I, I cannot wait to get my hands on this game. Damn. It's going to be a big game. So a lot of big news there, folks. If uh, We were kind of showing the trailer here as, as Ains was talking, but if you need more details or want to see more or even read more, a lot of outlets have done their, I guess, their two-hour walkthrough, kind of look into it. If you're a Red Dead fan, this is right down your alley. You're probably going to be going crazy for this game in this fall. Take some time off. Don't lose your job. Don't lose the job. I'm going to try. <laughs> but enjoy the game. <laughs> um, Ains, you're probably the best person to talk about Witcher also. So um, why don't we talk about the next announcement for Witcher? Yeah, what do we got here? Thronebreaker, right? Um, yeah, so uh, for those who weren't aware, uh, Gwent you know, has been out since last year. It's been in kind of preview, early access, what have you. It's developed a really strong following. They're even doing pro-level pro play for it now. Um, but all along, they were building this kind of unique game to tie to it called Thronebreaker, which is going to be a Witcher story-based game tied around Gwent, the card game. So they haven't really described or shown gameplay that I've seen anyway. Maybe there was and I missed it. But what CD Projekt Red said, it's going to be around 30 hours of gameplay based in the Witcher universe and Witcher stories uh, that is going to be told through decision-making and Gwent uh, games. 
So this releases on GOG on PC on October 23rd and then released on Xbox and PlayStation 4 on December 4th. And Thronebreaker will be a standalone title. So I don't think they announced the price, but um, this is going to be, you know, for those like us who love the Witcher universe, this is kind of cool. 30 hours worth of story content um, could be really fun. And Gwent, if you haven't tried it, is, uh, is really well done as well for a card game. So uh, pretty cool news here. Cool. Um, yeah, if you're a Witcher fan, take a look at this. Uh, if you haven't played Gwent, take a look at that. It's a lot of fun. Um, I've had a ton of fun on that. It's a lot deeper than it is in the actual Witcher game, so hopefully you enjoy it. Um, we're going to uh, quickly jump over to developer news. So a lot of developer stuff happened this week, a lot of sad things, unfortunately. But let's talk about one of the good things. So THQ Nordic, again, I think this is the third bitcast in a row where we talk about somebody that they acquired. Well, they have acquired the Alone in the Dark franchise. So um, maybe a new Alone in the Dark game coming. At one point in time, Alone in the Dark was the game to play in the suspense slash horror genre. Um, it's been kind of um, shallow, to say the least, in the last few generations. So hopefully THQ Nordic does this pretty well. Um, let's see. Next one, Telltale. And this happened 48 hours ago. Uh, they did file for bankruptcy and lay off almost all of their staff. So if you've played any of those Telltale games, The Walking Dead, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Back to the Future, The Batman, all those type games like that, they are no more. Um, so there have been some conflicting news reports as if the rest of the Walking Dead series will be continued or not. Um, when the announcement originally came out, they did say they were going to finish off the series, but now it looks like they are not. Um, have we heard any more news from that, Ains, in the past 48 hours? I think, and I only just saw this this morning, so if it's wrong, forgive me, but someone had noted that they are not finishing Walking Dead. The 25 people that are kept on temporarily are to finish the Minecraft story mode thing they're working on for Netflix. That's it. Very sad. So uh, there was uh, Walking Dead season one, season two, there was an expansion uh, called The New Frontier. Um, and then there was a Michonne um, standalone thing that they had that was somewhat tied into it. And then this was supposed to be the final season. And so far we have uh, uh, episode one, episode two was set to release on the 25th. So on Tuesday, and uh, there are still supposed to be two more uh, episodes after that. So we're going to kind of be leaving Clementine hanging, which is unfortunate because a lot of people have invested a lot of time there. So super sad. Dan, do you ever play any of the Telltale games? I have played every single one of the Telltale games. Oh, man. And it's really sad that all these people lost their jobs. It's sad that, you know, people don't get that um, closure, I guess, you know, for, for Clementine. But really, I mean, all that stuff is kind of a moot point because it's 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 really about these devs and you know we've seen a lot of these places closing down recently and <clears throat> kind of you know kind of messed up but yeah i mean yeah all i see on twitter right now is usually hey do i get my refund and you know i just shut up just worry yeah. about that later you know I, like you you said ains it's, it's they said it's the the minecraft thing they're working on episode two will release and then that's it so you know we'll see here's what it is yeah, it's funny Same. you mentioned that, Dan, because um, about the the people asking for refunds, it's like you got 250 people that just lost their jobs and careers, and you're worried right. about 20 bucks. Like, come on, yeah. dude. I've, I've gotten that much enjoyment out of these games, you know, over the last, you know, five, six years. So, I mean, if it really is that big of a deal, then, you know, reprioritize, you know, your life a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's terrible news. Um, I, it, it, It's almost angering news right because it just shows it, it it 
we don't know all the details, but it feels like there's some serious mismanagement by the upper executives at Telltale. Uh, if you weren't aware, and we put it on our site, but the ex-CEO, Kevin Bruner, was forced out of the company last year, and he's currently suing Telltale. Mm -hmm. So just that alone, you know there's bad things going on there. And then I saw one of the devs who lost his job on Twitter yesterday posted that uh, he worked tons of overtime and, you know, rough schedules as we've heard many times in the game development arena and um you know to get these games out over the past couple of years and he's now fired and they're not giving any severance package he's just out of a job with no money and um mm. it's just it's horrible to hear you, you hate seeing this the, the one nice thing that has happened a lot recently with these is that um some of the other developers throughout the industry have posted broadly saying hey we got jobs come interview with us so ubisoft was one they're actually um they posted that uh, we're gonna rent out this restaurant or for what, I, I don't know if you guys saw this. They're like renting out this restaurant and just saying any of you guys who got fired, come for a free interview. Um, have drinks and then check it out. I saw that Guerrilla Games, you know, from Horizon Zero Dawn said we've got open positions, come apply. So uh, good to see that kind of family atmosphere um, in the game development community come together. So I hope these people all land on their feet. Yep, so super sad uh, to kind of piggyback off that Vancouver, um, Capcom Vancouver also shut their doors this past week. Um, if you were kind of curious what they've developed, they've done the Dead Rising series um, from two to even current. Um, the, about 158 people lost their job on that one. It just it kind of goes to show Capcom's kind of uh, changing their studios quite a bit and maybe even their direction as to what they're going to be doing. So uh, that's kind of unfortunate. A lot of people lost it there. Um, there's Vancouver is somewhat of a healthy... Um, I guess video game city uh, as far as development goes. So hopefully mm -hmm. those people can land on on their feet over there as well. Yeah, the coalition's up there. So go work on gears. More people <laughs> on gears, the better. <laughs> True. So some uh, some negative news on developer news. Hopefully uh, this stuff gets picked up. We do see this from time to time. Either that or we hear something about a horrible workplace environment or something like that. But um, hopefully everybody can kind of get it figured out and what they're going to be doing with their jobs going forward. Um, we're going to go quickly through our new releases and what we're currently playing. There's probably a big game me and Dan really want to talk to you guys about. But um, let, let me go uh, through what's been released in the last couple of weeks. It seems like this is the uh, two weeks of low 80s and high 70s as far as the scores go. So NBA 2K19 did release. Um, it is currently at an 82 strong. Uh, NHL 19 did release. It's at an 81 strong, and we play that one to death, so we can tell you a little bit about that one. Shadow of the Tomb Raider did release, and that is currently sitting at an 80 strong, probably one of the most uh, weirdly reviewed games in the past six months or so. Um, and then Capcom Beat-Em-Up Bundle is currently coming in at a 77 strong, and that has a lot of the beat-em-up games that have come out, like Final Fight, Captain Commando. Um, for some reason, this game has a lot of, um, I don't know, a lot of interest right now. I didn't think it would. I thought it would be kind of a jokeable game, but it's doing decently well in selling. But um, let's talk about what we're currently playing. So, um, Ains, why don't you start us off? What's on your uh, console these days? Yeah, I'll go quick because I haven't been playing much. And I know you guys, uh, I want to hear what you both have to say about Tomb Raider. Um, so ton of NHL 19, way more than uh, I even thought. I think I've got like 50 hours into it already. It came out a week and a half ago. So um, that's taken up overwhelmingly the majority of my time. As I've said already, if you like hockey or like NHL games, this is the one to get. It's the best it's been in a long time. So very, very fun. Dragon Quest XI, I mentioned last time, I actually have put a few more hours into it. I'm up to maybe six hours, six, seven hours into it now. 
it feels like I'm still, it's a very long game. So it feels like I'm still working through the setup of the story. And I, I started to get a little bored and I started to think about just stopping. Um, but I really want to try to get into it. So, cause I've heard such great things about it. So I'm going to push forward. I think I'm right at the point where it's going to really open up. Um, so we'll see, but we were talking about Witcher and, you know, if you play Witcher three and then play Dragon Quest 11, and it shows you the huge dichotomy between Japanese and Western development. And just like, for me, Witcher is, it, it's just night and day. Like, I don't even understand why I want to spend more time on Dragon Quest, to be honest with you. It's just so, um, simple and uh, I don't want to insult it cause I know people love it, but it just feels so juvenile compared to Witcher. Um, I, I don't know. So anyway, I'm going to keep trying. I promise I'll keep trying. And then, uh, other than that, that's about all I've played. I'm still playing some Vermintide, which is a fun uh, co-op game with my son. Uh, really enjoy that from a first person beat em up perspective. If you have Xbox game pass, check it out, but let's hear what, hear from you guys. I want to hear about Tomb Raider. Yeah, and go for it. Okay. <clears throat> um, so aside from Tomb Raider, <laughs> Platinum Spider-Man, my first Platinum, Woo! my last Platinum. Um, <laughs> first and last. First and last. <laughs> it was it. an amazing game. And, you know, a lot of people are going to give this game game of the year. And I think it probably deserves consideration for sure. I can't because God of War was just the experience was just too good for me. You know, story-wise, I think it was better. It was much slower, obviously, but it's just... And I love Spider-Man. I mean, it's probably number two. Um, I played Destiny 2 for the first time ever. That's super overwhelming. And I was going to start posting pictures of my basic guns, because that's all I ever see <laughs> from <laughs> Destiny. Everybody's like, hey, look at my sweet little gun. And I'm like, I'm going to put my little taped-up pea shooter on there. What you guys think of that? But <laughs> then uh, Jurassic World, I actually got that yesterday. I've been playing a little bit of that. That's really fun. Mm. It's 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 a lot more simple. You know, I, I played like like uh, City Skylines and stuff like that. But it's those are super overwhelming, and there's a lot going on. This one seems to kind of simplify it a little bit, where you it's actually manageable and enjoyable and fun when like monsters fight each other on accident and <laughs> you know ram their bodies up against the fence. It's, it's funny cool. you say that because I tried City Skylines. I wanted to get into it, and I, I felt like that. I was like, I'm going to have to put tens and tens of hours into this to get anywhere. And I'm like, I yeah. just, it didn't interest I, me. So I may check out this. Check I this think out. It would have been okay if I played it on the PC. I think the it really really lends itself to the mouse mm. for sure. You know, but it, it was it was all right. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. You got a it's a time sink for sure. Yeah. And then I got Monster Hunter Generations because I love Monster Hunter. Um, I really wanted to. It's basically a port, <laughs> you know, yeah, another Nintendo port, port. Yeah. but it, it looks pretty good, you know, and it's, it's, it's fun. And I, I loved, you know, playing Monster Hunter World so much. And this one is obviously not as good, but, mm. but it's different. It's fun. It's more, it's more, I think, more hardcore Monster Hunter than anything else. And then, of course, Shadow of the Tomb Raider finished it a couple days ago. You're not get a thousand out of a thousand. Now, listen, hold on. I didn't, I went. Hardcore through the story. <laughs> I did, if you stopped, I mean, there are so many damn collectibles in that game. 
I mean, and, it's, that, and, they, buy it. and they change like, mm-hmm. like, well, not change, but like more pop up all the time. It's like, oh, I just went through this whole section. Oh, wait, now we've got these things. It's just like Spider-Man. You know, they, it's like, oh, hey, you know, we got all these missions. Wait, you're going a little bit farther in the story. Now there's 15 more different kinds of missions with 20 different things you got to do. You know, it's just, it's just like, God, just I was there already. I don't like going backwards a lot. But as far as the game goes, it was super fun. It looks gorgeous. And I played it on uh, uh, graphics mode or resolution mode or whatever. I don't need the you know, 30 frames, 60 frames. I really couldn't tell the difference. I tried both of them, so I couldn't tell the difference between either one. And that's playing on a QLED. So it, it's it's basically the same. The As far as the Tomb Raider games go, this is probably my favorite. Uh, story-wise, it was good. I want to say it's maybe the best one, but uh, they did add a lot of uh, different mechanics, like the rappelling and the swinging and all that stuff, you know, which is cool. Um, but it's, it's still a Tomb Raider game. You know, it, you can see, you know, it's all based on the same thing. Um, and when I finished it, I was like, all right, you know, it's cool. You know, whatever. It wasn't like, whoa, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I really thought they were going in a different direction at the end, but, uh, I really did enjoy it. It was it was cool to look at. And there's a mission, without spoiling it, somewhere, you know, maybe towards the end, maybe middle-ish. And I don't know if you've gotten to that point yet, but you'll know it when you get there. It's almost like two missions that go together, and it's just... It was probably one of the most fun stealth-slash-action missions mm-hmm. I've ever played in my life, and it was so badass. I'm just you like, oh! Oh! Damn. And you can simply say oil fields, and then people will know yes, when they get there. Fields. It was yes. insane. Insane. But yeah, that's my review. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And that's, Dan, and that's Dan's review of Tomb Raider. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay, so um, I'll go through mine really quick, too. So I also platinumed uh, Spider-Man. I, I think it was fantastic. Um, it's right behind Arkham City for me on my favorite comic game of all time. It is ahead of Arkham Knight for me but it's not ahead of Arkham City for me. So I thought it was beautiful. It plays really well. It did get a little tedious at the end, but that is only if you're going for the Platinum. If you're just a Spider-Man fan that doesn't care about trophies in any form whatsoever, it's great. There's tons of things that lend to New York City into Spider-Man's personality, in my opinion, and you can play that game for a long time if you don't care for the Platinum. If you care for the Platinum like me and Dan did, towards the end, you're pretty much wanting to end your life because it's the same thing over and over in a few areas. Um, but if you don't, if you just play once or twice a week, then there's tons of stuff for you to do. So I really, really enjoyed it. The story was, uh, eh, it was above average. I don't think it was amazing, but I think they did a good job getting those villains in there all together. Um, I'm also playing NHL 20, um, or I should, should say NHL 19. It's not 2019. Um, I, I think it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy that game socially. Um, we've had a great time and we've pulled our hair out as well with that game. And <laughs> as we always do, PUBG. But um, funny enough, I finished Shadow of the Tomb Raider last night at 2.30 a.m. Um, and I really enjoyed the game. Um, I have a slightly different take on the different modes. Um, for me, there was a massive difference between frame rate mode and graphics mode on the graphics. If you run it in frame rate mode, things get a little washed out to the point that I was wondering what was wrong with the graphics. I feel like the the tombs, the world is amazing in this game. It's probably the best out of even all the Uncharted's and stuff like that. The HDR support for this game makes all the tombs, the backgrounds, very vibrant and very detailed. Um, when you run it in the 4K mode, it looks looks absolutely beautiful. Um, there's some fire effects in this game. There's some uh, reflections and stuff that kind of blow your mind. 
The negative about the graphics is the the characters. Some of the characters look very plasticky um, and even like Barbies. Like you look at a Barbie and it's just a piece of plastic and it kind of jumps off there. There's a few scenes and stuff towards the beginning. I'd say maybe the first eight hours where you look at Lara and you look at uh, her, her best friend that you run around with and you're like, what the hell is this from last generation? What's going on? Um, but then you look at the backgrounds and the tomb and the tombs that you're raiding at with the with Laura and you're like, wow, this looks amazing. So sometimes they don't clash together. As you get further into the game, for some reason, the graphics get so much better and, and so much cleaner. Um, and I'm not sure if there was just some liberties taken at the beginning of the game or what's up, but it's uh, it definitely showed itself uh, in that area. These are the best tombs by far in any game of this genre. Um, some of the level design is mind blowing. It's just, you wonder where they come up with these ideas to create a tomb. Um, and Dan, if you are kind of done with the game, I definitely encourage you to just take go through the tombs at least. Maybe don't go for the collectibles, but check out the tombs because I've been mind blown. I think I have about four left to do um, and then I'll be done with the tombs, but they are just fantastic. So take a look at those. Um, yeah, story. I did I did four of them. Oh, you did four? Yeah, I think, okay. I think, yeah, I think there's five left. There's nine, I think, total. Right? Yeah, there's crypts and tombs, so it depends yeah, on what right. you're looking at. Um, and the way they do these, they're they're just fantastic. The level design oh, is yeah. so great. Um, to Dan's point about the collectible, so in each region you go to, there is a collectible to get in that region, and then there's a challenge in that region that you have to do. It could be like shoot bird's nest, for example, and that's the one thing in that region. So, And then there's side missions that you do in that area as well. You, it's your choice to do that. I will probably thousand it if I do the difficulty mode. All the other achievements seem like they're achievable, but when it comes to the biggest one, and unfortunately it's only for 15 gamer score, it's to play the game on the hardest difficulty. So to go through that thing all over again and on the hardest difficulty may be kind of tough because there is a few areas that the game is kind of difficult. So I'm not sure if I will thousand it, but I will come very close. If, it, if anything, I'll get 970 versus 1,000 because of the two achieved uh, difficulty modes. But the game is great. Um, Story-wise, I would say I'm not 100% on board with the take they did on, on Lara. The first two games, she kind of starts out as a weak person and then builds herself up. And this one, I feel like she had way too many things to argue in her mind about, and um, I didn't really like that. I did like her personality. The second that the level that Dan was talking about, the oil fields, from that point and on, Laura is a badass character. I mean, you just fall in love with her all over again. It's the first half of the game that I didn't like her personality and the take that they went with it at all. But overall, I, I thought the game was fantastic. If you're a Tomb Raider fan, pick it up, try it out. Try the, the two graphics modes if you have an, a One X um, or if you have a PlayStation Pro, see what you enjoy there. Um, I definitely suggest it. It is. Um, I don't think it'll be a game of the year uh, running game in contention. I think those will probably fall to Monster Hunter World, God of War, Spider-Man, and Red Dead. And I bet you Red Dead runs away with it. But um, definitely check it out. I, d I do enjoy it. It is a different studio from the first two games. And I'm kind of on the fence on which story I like more between Rise and Shadow. But I think Shadow has the best overall game uh, to play here. And there's tons of stuff to do to Dance Point. So... That's uh, my short review on it, <laughs> a ton to talk about, but it, it's good. I think, uh, Dan, how many hours are you into it? Uh, that's a good question. I have the slightest idea. Um, okay. I would say probably 20 to 30, okay. possibly more. So. Yeah, story-wise, I think if you shoot just straight through it, and if you're a gamer that's wondering how much they have to invest, I think it's somewhere between the 15 to 20-hour range if you're just shooting through the game. If you're doing stuff on the side and only seeing one or two tombs, you could probably um, get around that time. But if you really want to do everything, I think the complete playthrough is in the 30 to 40 hour range. So it's not going to kill all your time, but I think it's somewhere around that. Yeah. 
Ains, any, anything else? Any questions on, on Tomb Raider? <laughs> no, no. It's one I do want to play. Uh, I was just holding off because I wanted to put time into other games, um, which unfortunately has ended up being NHL almost primarily with PUBG. So typical multiplayer in my realm. I wanted to ask, you guys both mentioned how beautiful the jungles and the lighting mm -hmm. and uh, environments are. So how would it compare, uh, not the characters, but the environments to Horizon Zero Dawn in 4K? Ooh, it's very different. Um, Horizon is more of an open like world, and you mm -hmm. can see things in the distance, whereas Tomb Raider is very much corridor type in many areas. I would say the the vibrant colors and the detail and that up-close stuff is better in Tomb Raider, but the, the distance and the draw distance is a lot better in Horizon Zero Dawn, in my opinion. Um, it's also, I, Tomb Raider has kind of a weird art style. It's kind of a mix between a cartoony slash realistic, whereas Horizon goes for a realistic take. I really saw this when I was comparing it to the Uncharted series, and the closest competitor there is Uncharted Lost Legacy to Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and uh, Lost Legacy has a lot better character models. Uh, the Everything from the motion of the face, emotion and everything is so much better in that game, but when you play Tomb Raider compared to Lost Legacy in the level design, Tomb Raider is a lot better in that area. Hmm. Dan, what are, your, what are your thoughts on the original question on Horizon Zero Dawn? Yeah, I, would, I think it's a little bit yeah, the, it's all about graphics, really. I mean, that doesn't, as far as like resolutions go and stuff like that, it's not. <clears throat> I think this one looks a little bit better, in in the sense that you know it's it's more of a rich, and and crowded, like you said, birds. Horizon's way more open, so you get that big, open world kind of feel. This one's a lot more enclosed. The draw distances, you're, there really isn't any, you know, to a point where because you know, but the the backgrounds are fantastic if you're sitting there on a ledge or something you kind of look in the distance or you see a big you know mountain or temple or whatever it is it looks amazing you know and i play like i said i play most of it on resolution um i thought it was one of the best looking games of the year as far as that goes you know i thought god of war looked amazing too um but it's you know this whole resolution versus whatever you know graphics frame rate yeah. are, are yeah, are always the number, you know, that, that's where you need to go first. And if they can implement that, the resolution is just going to enhance it. And that's, you know, and they did a great job, I think. Yeah, another thing to your question, Ains, is Horizon Zero Dawn is a lot lighter, like sunlight type of game, whereas Tomb Raider is very dark. Mm -hmm. um, all that stuff is at night. Um, one thing that I do want to call out is there has been some reviews that have come out that have uh, implied that Tomb Raider has a horror fill uh, feeling to the game. That is not true at all. I didn't get any horror. I didn't have any jump scares. I didn't have anything that creeped me out. There's a few characters, and I'm not going to ruin it for you, that are kind of creepy, um, that kind of scare you from they're coming at you, what do you do type thing. But there's nothing that's scary in this game at all, in my opinion. Okay. And, yeah. I mean, you said you, yeah. you heard a game, I, so I don't know. If yeah, I, I hate scary games. This, yeah. yeah, there's there's <laughs> a few points where you're, you know, just in, in certain levels where I was just like, uh Stop it! You know, do you know whatever. But it was, it was well done, and it wasn't you know where it was. I understand what they're they're going for when they say that stuff, but no, it's not like a survival. It's not Resident Evil or Evil Within Two or not at all. You no, know, it's yeah. nothing <laughs> at all like that. No. There's yeah. one tomb. Oh, sorry, Enzo. You keep you keep. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's one tomb where it's called the Death Tomb, and I'll simply tell you that um, it is probably the best death, the best death scene stuff that I've ever seen. There's blood. There's like a gory like guts everywhere. It was fantastic in this game, and the way they have the detail 
when you're crawling through these bones and flesh and stuff that was done really, really well. And that's as close to like gore and grossness that you can get to. And it makes you feel that way when you're playing that one small tomb, but that whole tomb is maybe 15, 20 minutes of the entire 20 hour experience. Yeah. So um, except for when Laura dies, because this, this game has the best death scenes in any game yeah. ever made. Yeah. Of all time. I mean, it doesn't even, you fall down like this. It's so brutal. You know, it's yeah, like, oh, I thought there was some water. I'm going to get washed down. Oh, no, there's a rock. Snap, your neck's gone. Yeah. Oh, no, there's a big giant pokey thing that just went through your neck. Just, <laughs> they really like necks. Giant pokey. Haynes, you were going to say something? Before we yeah, not about you. Tomb Raider, though. That's why I was okay. telling yeah. you guys to, to finish. I, I, um, I, uh, oh, my God, now I forgot. Oh. Um, one thing we didn't mention that we played last week, uh, we were both talking about, is for Forza Horizon 4's oh, demo. Uh, so um, not a whole lot to say on it. It is staggeringly. I, I oh, there that? you go. Yeah. Welcome. Oh. Um, you know, how many tries did it take you to get a uh, two? Oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> Sorry. You were nothing. Uh, it is staggeringly beautiful. And it just popped mm -hmm. in my mind because you guys were talking about the frame rate versus the graphics mode. And so um, Horizon 4 has the same thing. It'll support 60 frames or you can play in like full 4K. And surprisingly, in a racing game, I figured I'd want 60 frames all day. But I went back and played it in the graphics mode. and That's where you need to play it. It feels, yeah, it feels completely fine. There, there, it, there's no problem I had racing with it. And it is stunningly gorgeous. Um, so that comes out next week as well. Cool. Well, we're going to move on, guys. We're going very long today. So um, we're going to talk about our main topic, and we, we don't have to talk at length at this. But um, our topic today is achievements and trophies, our thoughts on them, what we think about them. A lot of stuff. A lot of people have found this to be kind of a divisive measure in gaming today. Um, we're going to kind of talk about our pros and cons about them. And briefly, if you have no idea what we're talking about, if you're maybe a PC player and listening in, so Xbox has achievements. Uh, PlayStation has trophies. Nintendo Switch, oh, sorry, that was a joke. They don't have anything. Um, but PlayStation has four different types of trophies. You have a bronze trophy, silver, gold, and platinum. And each one of those is worth a certain amount of pointage. And then you have an overall trophy level for your ID. And each one of those trophies, I think the platinum is worth 120 points. And then they go down per tier. So gold, maybe 90, silver, 30 and then like a, a bronze trophy is only going to give you like 20 points or something. And so when you look at your trophies, your, your total trophy count, they'll give you a trophy level. And that's based on how many trophies you've gathered over time in those points. There's, um, I think, one through 20. And after that, they continue to go up. So when you look at that, that tells you how many trophies you have. Whereas on Xbox, um, they have a gamer score. And to get um, the platinum on PlayStation, you have to get all the trophies. On Xbox, you have a thousand point gamer score. So if you have a thousand gamer score for a game, that means you've done all the achievements in that game. And based on the difficulty of the trophy or however the developer finds it, they uh, give a specific amount of gamer score for their achievement that equal a thousand. So um, let's briefly talk about our gamer scores and trophies really quick. So Dan, what is your achievements uh, gamer score right now? I think right now for Xbox, I'm at 90. Nine thousand. <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah. That's that's. I'm almost at the hundred thousand. I'll hit that probably between uh, Red Dead and Assassin's Creed and Forza. Nice. And probably. Yeah. That, that'd be my guess. Um, you know, your trophy level is trophy level. I think it's six. Which six. Is, okay. Because I mean, I, I've never. I only got my PlayStation about a year ago. Uh -huh. um, I don't play it as much. I usually play it for just the exclusives or with friends on some games. So 
that's that's about where I'm at. I, I'm I'm gonna hit that hundred thousand, but uh, yeah, <laughs> not a huge guy as far as achievements go. Now, I've been on there for like eleven years, so I mean that's really kind of pathetic. Sure. Ains, how about you? What are you, do you have any idea what your stuff is? Yeah. Um. So I've been on. Well, I've been on Xbox since the beginning. Obviously, achievement started two thousand five with Xbox three hundred and sixty, right? So I'm at a hundred. I just pulled it up. I'm at one hundred and fourteen thousand on achievements. And on the PSN, I'm trophy level 12. Nice. So okay. I, have, I think, yeah, it goes up. Like you said, platinums are worth a lot. And I have, I want to say, seven or eight platinums. And I don't know how many golds. But yeah, trophy's level 12. Yeah, so um, I only have three uh, platinums. I think I am trophy level 11. And then on Gamerscore, I'm, I'm ridiculous. I used to be a big achievement hunter. I'm at, uh, I think, 139,000, almost 140. Um, so and we know people that are two, three hundred thousand on gamer score, so they play a lot and they only achievement hunt. So um, that's kind of where we are. So you can see that we've played a lot of games um, on both consoles, and, and you can play a ton of games on PlayStation, and never get a platinum or a bronze or something, and you still have played tons of games. So their their uh, their calculation is way different than gamer score. So um, let's briefly talk about them. So um, let's go over kind of what we think about them in the gaming industry today. So Dan, why don't you start us off? Is that something that you care about? You don't even look at them? Do you just play games? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's more for me. It's cool. It's cool to have that. And I think, you know, there are people that, you know, they have over a million gamer score, which is insane to me. But I mean, just it's insane. Are, are they, you know, I don't really go after them too much. I'd like to hit my 100,000 mark. And then, you know, That'll probably be my last milestone, to be honest with you, because <laughs> I just don't. I, I don't go. I don't sit there and look for him. You know, I played uh, Tomb Raider on the easiest level because that's what I do, and you know, it popped up and it was a it was a difficulty achievement. You know, oh, you pay, you beat it at this level. You also get the you know achievement for beating it. Just you know, just beating it. I was like, you see, that's that that kind of stuff I don't like. You know, the the difficulty based achievements yeah. and that kind of stuff. You know, not a big fan of them. Ains, how about you? What are your overall thoughts on achievements, trophies? Yeah, I, um, I, I'm in. Again, I'm kind of in the middle. So I kind of like them um, in the sense that it's cool when they pop. Of course, uh, I like going after some rare ones or getting rewarded for doing something challenging. You know, seeing the achievement pop when I beat Cuphead on Expert a couple weeks ago was uh, rewarding in that sense. Um, but they they can be annoying as well. I think. Um, to Dan's point there, if there's certain achievements, like um, I guess we'll get to this, but if there's certain achievements that are for doing very specific things or for doing things in a game mode that you don't want to play, um, that can be annoying too, because you may love the game to death, but you're never going to get the platinum or the thousand um, just because you don't play. Like we have, we have a buddy, right, who plays PS4 like crazy. He's got like 60 platinum, 70 platinums, mm -hmm. um, but he doesn't play multiplayer ever. So if a game has uh, multiplayer, uh, trophies, he'll never get the platinum, which is kind of a shame for him. So, um, yeah, I think you know overall, I think they're they're neat. I think Xbox did a cool thing by kind of inventing them in a sense, but uh, I think we need an evolution as well. I think uh, some new things need to happen. Yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll briefly touch on just pros right now, and then I'll go into cons. So some pros that I found from achievements is um, when you see that you get a rare achievement, it tells you the percentage of people that have gotten that. The same with trophies. So if you uh, like, for example, when me and Dan got the platinum for Spider Man, depending on when you got that trophy, 
you potentially were in the top 1% of people that have played this game. As more people get that trophy, the percentage changes. So it tells you that you have achieved something that a small percentage of people have done. I'm sure, Ains, your Cuphead achievement was less than 0.5%. Is that right? Like a 0.25 or something? Yeah, it was. I think it was 0.52. Yep. Jeez. So half a percent. Yeah. yeah, half a percentage point of people that have played Cuphead have gotten this achievement. So that's really cool. I think that's good from a game development percentage as well, a perspective as well, because it kind of lets developers and gamers know that maybe people aren't playing online. Maybe people are playing only story mode. Maybe people played this mode more than others. And I think that developers can pepper in achievements to kind of give them some kind of data, some metadata to kind of learn and develop in and kind of get more from gamers in that perspective. I also think it's fun to get achievements that um, expand the game. So a good example that I always use here is Arkham City. So if you just play the story mode of Arkham City, you get a lot from Batman and kind of the stuff. But if you go for the side missions, you learn about all the other characters that are in the game that you maybe would have never even known about. If you get some of the Riddler trophies that are around in the game, you get a lot of cool gameplay mechanics that developers have put into the game that you may have not noticed before. Even in Spider-Man, if you do some of the side missions, you learn about some other characters that you would have never even known existed in this game by just going after those trophies and achievements. So I found that to be pretty good. Um, and I think also just uh, getting more out of a game in general, not just those side missions, but you might play a game that has a story mode of, let's say, 10 hours, and then you go after achievements and you get more, and you're now spending 20, 30 hours on a game that you initially spent 60 bucks for that is no longer a five or 10 hour game. So I think there's some uh, pros there. Um, Dan or Ains, any negatives, or do you want to mention any pros that you think um, are big for achievements that exist today? Um, as far as, as far as are they good for gaming? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if you have any, you might be like, eh, they're just achievements. I don't have anything really yeah, good. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a ton. I mean, it, it's it's fun for some people. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, with the multiplayer stuff, I've seen people on online, you know, getting on there and saying, oh, you know, I need like five people to come on here and play Uncharted multiplayer because there's nobody playing. Or actually one guy, I actually helped get the platinum for uh, Ghost Recon on uh, or the new one on... Uh, PlayStation. Yep, Ghostland or uh, Wildlands. Wildlands, right? Yeah, and he he just needed me to shoot somebody in the leg so he could stab somebody in the back. You know, it was one of those <laughs> you know quick things. I met a new guy, a new friend. So I mean, there's those kind of things that you know actually are really good for it. Yeah, the social um, aspect. Yeah. Yeah, that social aspect. Yeah, but as far as you know, for me, I'm not a like I said, I'm not just a huge achievement dude. So. Yep. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, pros, I think you mentioned most of them, uh, along with what just what Dan just said. And then, like I said, being rewarded for doing something really neat. Um, I, I, I would prefer if they tied more to your profile on both systems uh, in the way of like badges or uh, I used to love on Xbox 360 when you can unlock in-game stuff for getting achievements. Remember in Red Dead, you would get like outfits mm -hmm. or, or for your avatar. You know, you get like shirts or helmets or hats or stuff for your avatar. I hope they start bringing that stuff back. I want to see more stuff like that. Um, I think they're a little shallow minded right now. And that's really because the methodology for them hasn't changed much in 12 years or 13 years. So yep. um, in terms of are they bad for gaming or, or what, you know, are negative aspects, I think to the multiplayer piece, you just, one of you just mentioned is that I've seen a lot of games because I play a ton of multiplayer Um where people will go into a match and just be fucking around or goofing around, excuse my language, because uh, they're trying to just get an achievement. So you'll have a guy on your team over in a corner, like smacking a wall. You're like, you know, meanwhile, you're getting killed because these guys are not really actually playing the game. It's like, 
Or, you know, we play with a buddy of ours who's playing PUBG and he's like running around like, oh, I have to hit someone with a pan. I'm like, I'm trying to win. I don't care about your five point achievement for hitting somebody with a pan. Like, you know, so yeah. uh, I, I think that can pull away from it, too. For the people who get obsessed with them, I don't know if they'd consider that a bad thing or not. Um, the only other thing, and I know we're going to get to this, but um, I will say, uh, even though I don't hunt for them, that there is something subconsciously rewarding about them. Because when I play on the Switch, or if I have the option to buy a game on the Switch versus Xbox, my mind immediately goes to, do I maybe want to play this on the road at some point, or do I want achievements? Um, yeah. And for me, 95% of the time, it's achievements. I'd rather get the achievements and have it on my Xbox profile than to play it on the Switch and not see anything popping up. It's super weird, man, because I'm the same way and I don't even care about them. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, like a subconscious thing. But maybe, maybe, I think after I hit that 100K, you know, I'm going to be like, all right, I don't really care anymore. But it's like, oh, I could get down there and you could go towards my, my goal of hitting this stupid <laughs> arbitrary number. So, yeah. yeah. I'm the same way, and uh, my example with that would have been Zelda. So I've played, I think, about 80 hours in Zelda when the game first came out on the Switch. And uh, I finished it, and I did pretty much all the stuff I wanted to do, but I would say there's probably still 40 50% of the game that I didn't even touch. And if there was some kind of a challenge or a Nintendo achievement point score, coins, whatever they want to give out, I may have played more to get that whatever achievement that I would have gotten from playing more, but I went back to my PlayStation and Xbox to get those trophies and achievements. It's the same with um, buying games that are cross-platform. So if you're more of a PlayStation guy and there is a game that's on both of them, you're probably going to gravitate towards the PlayStation. Same thing with Xbox. So um, Far Cry. Uh, Far Cry 5 is one that I can use as an example. Both platforms, they both play really well on both. But if you care more about your gamer score, you're maybe going to buy that on the gamer score side of the uh, Xbox because you're probably going to want those points to go towards that. So that takes away or adds to sales numbers based on where that gamer is playing. So, And that is to people, obviously, that care about that stuff. If you don't care about it, you'll just play wherever you play. I, I tend to play where social games are at with my where my friends have those games. So that's definitely an interesting thing. And that was my next question. So... Do you guys think that uh, since the Switch and the PC don't really have achievements in the traditional sense, that people maybe stay away from those platforms when buying games? And I think we kind of just answered our question. But um, is there anything else you guys want to add to that? Yeah, I, I think they do. Um, I do. I can tell you that, um, you know, I like I just said, if, if I have an option of buying on the Switch versus Xbox, because uh, Xbox is primarily where I play most of the time, um, I'll buy it on Xbox. Uh, just for that achievement. And to your point, Dan, it's funny because I only hit 100,000, I think, last year. And I thought the same way, like, oh, I hit 100K. This is awesome. Um, but that subconscious behavior is still there, you know, even though I don't really care about my overall total behavior. I just like there's something about seeing them pop up on the screen. And I think, um, you know, I think it would behoove Nintendo to really and trying to tell Nintendo to do anything is a joke, right? But um, if they had something tied to your profile, um, like I said, in the evolution, I, I think it would really add a lot for me, and I would assume others. I can't be alone, right? If um, they had something on your profile that you could get, even if it wasn't a score or trophies, if there were just like badges, like say, you, to your point, uh, Bert, you play Zelda and you, God, I'm going to sound like an idiot because I didn't play a ton of it, but just say you beat it, right? Um, like you got a little badge for your profile that says you beat Breath of the Wild, right? Or you finished all of the what were the uh things you could go down into uh gosh i can't remember them now um 
I know you're talking about. Let's you know call I mean? them, let's call them caverns or tombs or something. Yeah, tombs. Yeah, <laughs> or the seeds, the Korok seeds, right? Yep, Korok so seeds. Yep. There's like 900 of them in the game, which is ridiculous, by the way. Um, but say you got all of them, right? Say you got a really cool looking badge for your profile that says like Korok Seed Hunter, you know, 2018 or what have you. I think that would be really neat, to, and then to be able to adjust those to your profile. Mm -hmm. um, but they they don't have anything like that. And so when I'm playing Octopath Traveler and I put 10 15 hours into it and i'm like man i haven't got any achievements that's in my head yeah and it's just like uh yeah i really wish they had something so i will avoid those platforms due to that um, which is weird to say but it's true yeah um it's oh geez i i i i don't even care about trophies let's put it that way so when i when i go to pick i mean i don't even play on pc but if, if it's if it's going to be anything it's going to be xbox and like i said i think once i hit that level i'll care a little bit less because after that there's you know i'm not going anywhere i'm not, i'm not going to live long enough to see two hundred thousand. so <laughs> it's gonna be you I'm could fat. i'm fat oh, God. <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens um but you know what it's it's good for the people that like it you know i know that ray cox i think his name is or mm -hmm. something like that he's got almost two million now mm -hmm. I mean, he's hitting a point where it's just that's his thing and he yeah. makes a living off of it it seems like you know and that's awesome um and i, I would do I it when he hit a uh, five hundred thousand, that was like a big deal um yeah. and now every five hundred thousand, there's a big deal about it so yep i mean it's it's fine if they if they if they you know pc gamers are going to do pc games regardless you know for the multi-console owners you know like ourselves you know i think we're going to gravitate to where we would been if I had been playing on PlayStation for a long time, I would probably be the same way with trophies. So, um, but as I've been, you know, with Xbox since that day one, you know, that's that's where I'm going to be, and I can care less about any of the other ones, and I can almost care less about the Xbox ones. <laughs> so. Cool. Well, last question, then we'll wrap up our main topic today. But has there any been? Has there ever been any achievements that you've just definitely despised? Or maybe we talked about the online ones. Maybe Dan, you talked about difficulty ones. Has there been an achievement that you've wanted that you haven't been able to get? Maybe a type of achievement, anything like that for you? Odd number of achievements. Are <laughs> the ah, work. Okay. It's the dumbest crap I've ever seen in my life. There is no point unless you have one that's right after it that you know. Is you know that will even it out. They 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 should just get rid of them. So <laughs> overcooked. I'm not OCD at all. I'm OCD overcooked. about this, huh? Overcooked is overcooked. the worst offender. You get a one point achievement as soon as you start the first mission. That's such bullshit. And you don't get the one to even it out unless you beat the game with all three star levels. Really? Yeah, it's horrendous. It drove me nuts. Yeah, I think I'm sitting at right now. I've got like, uh, gosh. I think I got a one at the end of mine right now, and it drives me absolutely crazy. Now I know there are games that you can play to even that out. Yeah, you know, go I, to. Um, I think Virginia is one of them, and I've been holding off on that one until I get close to a hundred thousand, so I can kind of figure out where I can hit that, and then just. Oh, yeah. Then after get that, yeah. picture then gone. Thank there's God. some there's some videos, Dan. If you want to look them up on YouTube, that'll tell you the best games just to get achievements for. No, I, was gonna, I was gonna say if you go to is it not true? I think it may be true achievements. It's true, it's true, true, true. Yeah. You can sort. They actually have a link for odd gamer score games, and it shows you every single achievement that's not a five or ten, twenty. Um, so you can pick the game because that's what I did. Overcooked killed me, and I literally went in and I played like Double Dragon on Game Pass, 
Nice. And I played a couple other games and got it back to uh, zero. Yeah, it's that that kind of stuff. The the online stuff is stupid, unless you're an online game only. You know, don't make online achievements because it's it's really you know for those people that have that OCD, you know they they're trying to get back and playing these games that nobody plays anymore, <laughs> and you know you've got to recruit a you know eighteen people to get on, you know, and then difficulty. Those are the three of them that I just can't stand. I mean, I understand like Cuphead, like beating that. It, it's it's a different game. That game is set up to be difficult i mean it is just hard and you know i'm fine with something like that but if you if, if you're playing like a story game you know just make it the same just make it hey you beat the game good job i know you're not as good as everybody else but we're going to give you this 100 points because we feel bad for you it's basically you know just give it to me no, I agree. I think Wolfenstein yeah. 2 is a bad one there because there was like oh, gosh. six yep. difficulty levels and the toughest yeah. one is goddamn impossible. It is. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, I agree with you. Um, oh, go ahead, Ains. No, I was just going to quickly say I agree with what Dan said. Uh, for instance, you know, Halo Fanatic here. I have every achievement in Halo CE, Halo 3, Halo 4. Um, I don't have them all in Halo Reach, which drives me nuts because there were they added achievements with the... Um, map packs in multiplayer there and there's a couple that are just absurd it's like you know you have to capture three flags in a eight on eight big team game and it's like that was near impossible even when it came out trying to do it you know now is forget about it unless you cheated of course with other people um so those drive me nuts like i'll never have all the achievements in halo reach because of that and that that annoys me um and difficulty i agree with you if it's a story game you're just talking about tomb raider right I don't know about you guys, but one of the first things I do when I get one of those games is I look at the achievements and say, does it have achievements for difficulty levels? Um, and sometimes that has made me play on a different difficulty. Um, just to get is, it. Yeah. yeah, just to get it, which is kind of stupid, right? I shouldn't do that. Um, in fact, uh, you know, Witcher 3, I, I'm always looking at Witcher stuff. That's why it always pops in my head. Is uh, it has one for beating it on Death March, right? And it's like I started my next playthrough on Death March, but do I really want to spend another hundred hours just to get an achievement? Um, the answer is no. So yeah. I uh, I agree with you guys on those. Yep. Last question. I know I said it a second ago. Uh, this one should be pretty quick. Is there one achievement that you're the most proud of out of all of them? Means I think I might know what yours is. Dan, do do you have one that you're the most proud of of getting and you intentionally went for and you got it? Anything? Uh. My first thousand out of a thousand was Assassin's Creed Two, I think. Damn. And yeah, it was all those collectibles and all the flags and feathers or whatever it was. That was my first one, and I think that one was probably my number one. Probably, you know, Spider Man. I mean, it wasn't that hard and difficult, but that was my first platinum. Um, but as far as one single achievement, That's I can think of I did not beat Cuphead on ridiculously. <laughs> That's hard, actually hard not mine. Stuff. That's not mine. But really? Because that yeah. would be mine. <laughs> I, there's something. There's something that was harder. <laughs> what's what's yours, Ains? There's an achievement for Halo CE Anniversary, which is part of Master Chief Collection, um, where you have to beat anyone who's played Halo knows you have to beat the library. The library was a nightmarish level mm. in Halo One. You have to beat the library on Legendary, which if you've played Halo, you know how tough that is. But uh, on library, it's especially hard because of the flood. The flood just appear and jump all over the place, and it takes one hit for you to die. Yep. And you have to beat the entire level without dying, um, which means every time you die, instead of just going back to your checkpoint, you have to start the whole level over again. 
And so me and a buddy who shan't be named, um, who Bert knows, we did this about four years ago, maybe whenever Master Chief Collection first came out. And I can tell you unequivocally, I don't know if that came out right. <laughs> um, we absolutely took over 100 tries to do it. Um, I think it was something nearly 200 tries to do it. It took us several hours, uh, maybe six, seven, eight hours to beat a single level because um, we just kept doing it over and over and over again. I don't even know why we did it, to be honest, but we did it. And so uh, I think that's my proudest achievement. Yeah, mine would be a very old one. It's from uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I think one or two. And there oh. was uh, the Mile High Club, which was one of the uh, hardest achievements to get at the time. Um, I actually got a thousand out of a thousand on that game and getting that last achievement took me probably 50, 60 times. And it's, uh, you start at the back of an airplane and you got to get to the front and you play on the hardest difficulty and you got to get there, I think in 20 seconds or something. I can't remember it exactly. But when I got that, um, I was probably the happiest guy in the world at that moment. Mm -hmm. And there's still a famous one. It is. Yeah. And there still has yet to be another game that has, that I've chased to get that hard achievement for. I'm not even going to attempt Cuphead. I, would probably break windows, controllers, and consoles, and TVs, so I, I'm not even going to go for it, but that's cool. Yeah, at least yeah like Mile High Club was one of the most famous ones at the time. I remember it. Yeah. Everyone talked about it. Um, there was also that one member from Halo Reach where you had to jump off the cliff and assassinate the... Uh, yeah. Yep. Was, oh, God. I can't remember. That uh, one glitched on me. I don't know if you remember, but we were playing, and I was never able to get it because it glitched. That that happened to a bunch of people. That's why it's yeah. so famous. Is like they did it, or they thought they did it over and over and never got it. Uh, a memory for your sins or something like yeah. that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. One last, uh, it's not a question, but it's just an achievement that uh, drives me crazy. It's the Gears achievements, the Seriously 2.0, 3.0s, or whatever they're called. Yep. Um, I think those are definitely to force gamers into grinding their multiplayer game i think that's very negative in game i, I can't stand that achievement because we i think i've gotten all the collectibles all the stuff and then gears throws in a ton of multiplayer achievements and they drive me nuts and i've never been able to get even close to those and we have played hundreds of hours of multiplayer so yeah those are like uh, in the gears community if you have the seriously achievements that's like yeah you're talking hundreds and hundreds of grinding hours just to get those yep all right, guys, um, we're going to go ahead and close out our BitCast for today. We've, we've gone a very long time. Um, I definitely wanted to thank you for listening. And if you do like and subscribe what you listen to, make sure to do that. Ains, anything uh, that you have coming up, any ideas, anything you have coming that you want to let everybody know about? Uh, nothing too big. I've been working on this article about Microsoft for a while now. It's, it's taken a few different directions because I'm trying to figure out how focused I want to be on it, um, about their future with Xbox and all the changes that have happened with Xbox since this generation began. So I've got a ton of stuff written, but it's not formed into a good article yet. So working on that and hopefully, you know, piece that together to what I want it to be here in the near future. Um, that's about it, really. I think we, you know, we have some things in the works we've been talking about that uh, we're just trying to get to, to come together. So hopefully here in the near future, um, we can do that. Yep. One thing I, I will mention is that Ains and I are going to be doing a lot more streaming on Tuesday night. So uh, we'll probably publish those. But if you do want to follow us on Mixer, um, it's uh, Porsche Power. And then I'm uh, T-R-E-B-M-3 on Mixer. And then you can uh, definitely follow us if you just want to watch streaming. I don't, maybe you don't care about streaming, but on there, we will try our best to publish, publish them on YouTube. But uh, that's something you can look forward to. We have a lot of newer videos on our YouTube channel of just stuff that we're doing. So take a look at that. Dan, anything from you? Where, where can we find you? <laughs> yeah, well, where can we find me? Um, yeah. So I was. Uh, we did a spoiler cast 
on DH for Spider-Man um, oh. on Friday. Uh, it's up on YouTube. Uh, we had uh, Evan Marquez or Evan Flory. I can't remember his name. It's the guy that does the Spidey Squad stuff on Twitter. He uh, was on there. Nice. Good good kid. He's like 10 years old. Um, <laughs> Brian Marquez from uh, Adult Swim Games was on there. A couple other guys. Uh, just talk spoilers. It was really fun. Um, you guys can check that out. Uh, other than that, I'll be here in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. Uh, we're going to do streaming, right? I think the one yeah. one of the few games that the three of us will probably play together would be Forza Horizon Four, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's going to be destroyed this week. That's, nice. So let's let's get all let's uh, let's plan to get the three of us in a stream on that. Yeah, yeah. We should all, we should also try some uh, Sea of Thieves and some State of Decay. I still want to play that with you guys. Yeah, man. So, um, all right, guys. Well, if you've listened, like I said, thanks again. Uh, you can catch us on our podcast if you want to catch us on SoundCloud. And then you can find us here on YouTube if you want to see the visual thing. So thanks for listening, everybody. And make sure to like and subscribe.